Oneness. Closely aligned with nothingness is the idea of oneness. How can it be that our spiritual core, we are both nothing as well as connected to something called oneness? Everything in this physical universe of ours is in some way connected to everything else because it all originated from the void of nothingness. There aren't several of these voids to choose from. We came from the same void that everyone and everything else came from. When we attempt to isolate anything, we find that it is in some way part of everything else in the universe, just as it is absurd for a single wave to see itself as separate from the ocean. So it is for any of us not to recognize our oneness with what we know as infinity. Oneness is difficult to adequately comprehend because we are so immersed in the world of things that seem other to us. The opening line of the Tao Te Ching suggests that the Tao that can be named is not the eternal Tao. In other words, as soon as it's named, it's lost because we've created a dichotomy. Oneness means just that only one. As I said earlier, just like zero in mathematics, it can be divided or subdivided. The instant, the instant we label or name it, it's something else, separate. Consequently, it's not the unity of oneness. Hmm. This is important. The instant we label or name it, it's something else. Separate. Consequently, it's not the unity of oneness. Lao Tzu repeatedly mentions that when we name it, we've lost it. In oneness, there are no names. There is only one. That's why it's so impossible to write about oneness. Every word I use to describe it illustrates that I'm not comprehended. <laughs> Every word I use to describe it illustrates that I'm not comprehending it. The place that we came from is devoid of dichotomy. Devoid, devoid of dichotomies. Unlike our material world, which is dependent on pairs of opposites. In this world, without a concept of up, there can be no down. Without an idea of death, there is no life. The north pole of a magnet can't exist without the south pole. No male, no female, no right, no wrong. We think in dichotomies, and we identify ourselves on the basis of opposites. We know that we are alike. We know that 
We know what we like, what tastes good, what tastes good, what feels good, and so on, because of our experience with what we dislike. Because of this material world, many of us find it difficult to access oneness, the world that the ancient teacher Hermes, Hermes described in this way. God is one, and he that is one is nameless, for he does not need a name since he is alone. All things have been derived from one.、Hmm. The idea of oneness is next to impossible to grasp because we live in a world of contrast. And the contrast requires more than one element. So here we are, persistently in our world of two-ness. How can we grasp the idea of oneness in the world of non-being that we occupied before we came into beingness? One way might be to think of our fingers, legs, arms, toes, and eyes. We don't think of them as separate entities from our total being. We don't refer to our fingers as being separate from ourselves. Even though they have their unique qualities and character, they are part of the oneness we refer to as ourselves. So it is with our relationship to Source or God before we came into this world. In that world, which I'm calling our formless, formless, we and God were one. Oneness as the concept of whether we are from means describing, discarding all ideas of separation from anything and anyone. Oneness as the concept of where we are from means. Discarding all ideas of separation from anything and anyone, we can stimulate, we can simulate oneness through the part of ourselves that knows the silence where there are no names and no things. Here, we can begin to feel our connection to everyone, to the earth, to the universe, and ultimately to the great Tao. Oneness becomes accessible in that great power, which acts without doing, keeps the entire universe in order, and great, and generates from from, generates form from nothingness. If we imagine that we are free of all labels, all separation, and all judgments about this world, and the life. Inhabiting it, we can begin to understand oneness. The place we wanna enter is of simply being. We can picture the source of being as an energy that's as available to us as is the key. There is no anger toward anyone or anything because everyone and everything is spirits. This spirit is God, 
our source of being. We are it, and it is who we are. We relax into the silence of where we came from. We discover the meaning of life by being able to return to the oneness and nothingness while still in material form, without having to leave our body in the ritual of death. The closer we get to experiencing our original nature, the more place and purpose flows through us. From a subatomic particle to birth, earliest beingness to birth, we've examined the logic and the spiritual speculation of what our non-beingness might look like. Please remember that this is largely my interpretation of the invisible world of spirit, which is both our originating source and our place of return when our physical self is no longer animated by divine consciousness, which is both our originating source and our place of return when our physical self is no longer animated by divine consciousness. In one or in one magically mysterious nanosecond, in one magically mysterious nanosecond, we made the transition from non-being to being. A subatomic particle of human protoplasma emerged from spirit and everything that was needed for the journey we call life was taken care of. An invisible force that I call a future pull was set in motion, filling in our physical characteristics, our ultimate height, body shape, eye, skin, hair color, wrinkles that would someday uh, that would someday appear, and of course, the business of our body ceasing to be alive were all arranged without our having to do a thing about it. In the film, The Shift, I speculate that if everything needed for the physical journey is handled by the nameless nothingness, then it isn't beyond my capacity to hypothesize that everything needed to fulfill our from non-being to beingness, then it isn't beyond my capacity to hypothesize that everything needed to fulfill our entire destiny also arose in that moment of transition from non-being to beingness or dharma, our dharma, our essential purpose for being here, our personality, and all of the help we'd needed, we'd need along the way were also in that microscopic dot. If our body was on a journey that's all handled by the great Tao or God, then I say, why not everything else about us as well? The primary characteristic of this nine-month journey 
is what I call surrender. Yeah. The primary characteristic of this nine month journey is what I call surrender. There was nothing for us to do. Somehow, our source of being in its infinite wisdom was going to do it all. We and our birth mother, we and our birth mother allowed the great Tao to do what it does. The truth is that we were doing nothing. We were simply being done. In that entire nine month voyage, we were lived by the Tao, understanding where we came from and where we'll return to is really experiencing the feeling of total surrender. This means allowing the force that's doing everything to simply do it without interference. This means allowing the force that's doing everything to simplify, to simply do it without interference. Surrender. In that first nine months of our life, as a microscopic dot, and then a growing embryo, we and our mother practiced non-interference. Our natural wisdom knew that all we needed in order to thrive and flourish was being taken care of by the unseen force that appeared to do nothing and yet left nothing undone. Wow, beautiful. We didn't have to be concerned about when our fingernails would show up and if they'd grow at the ends of our fingers rather than behind our ears. Our heartbeat began right on time without our need, without our needing to make arrangements to turn it on. By surrendering and allowing we were born, we were being formed into the perfection that we signed up for for while we were in seconded in non being. The energy responsible for our beingness knew precisely what to do and when to do it. This is our authentic self. From the moment of conception, we were shuttled in the arms of invisible infinite wisdom. We allowed our true self to unfold in the perfect design that was inherent in both our non-being and our beingness. Had we stayed completely immersed in that state of consciousness, we would have remained aligned with our souls. In that scenario, there is no occasion to wonder about our life purpose. That little speck that we were didn't know anything about accumulating, achieving, or having ambition. That little speck that we were didn't know anything about that little speck that we are, we were, didn't know anything about accumulation, achievement, achieving, or having ambition. 
It simply was being, allowing itself to surrender to the invisible force that administers everything. I like it. It simply was being, allowing itself to surrender to the invisible force that administers everything. But rather than staying in that state of allowing and surrender, we were hooked by a set of beliefs that put ambition ahead of allowing. The part of us that is from allowing, surrendering, and being arrived in form in a place where ambition was given primary importance. Yeah. Ambition was given primary importance. Had we been capable of counting, uh, have we been capable of continuing our life with what we came from? We'd be living at the highest levels of awareness or God realization. Enlightenment would be ours, and it seems to have been intended that way. As Jesus put it, even the least among you can do all that I have done, and even greater things. And is it not written in your law? I said, You are gods. Indeed, where we came from is God, and therefore we are God as well. The reality seems to be that we all tend to shift to ambition in a form that we insist on directing. The reality seems to be that we all tend to shift to ambition in a form that we insist, that we insist on directing. The possibility is that we all have the choice to then shift to meaning and thereby complete our return to the place I call from. In the next chapter, I will discuss the ambition phase. Here is a recap of and the suggestions for recapturing our fromness. Nothingness. Allow yourself to enjoy silence and meditation. Even if you don't have a structured meditation practice, give yourself time to simply savor the silence. Turn off the noisemakers at home and in your auto. Create time to be in nature away from human-made sounds. Learn to treat your voyages inward as sacred space, spending moments repeatedly letting go by physically and mentally relaxing. Let go of worrying, planning, thinking. Let go of worrying, planning, thinking, recalling, wondering, hoping, desiring, or remembering. Consciously let go of each physical sensation you notice. Do this one moment at a time. Enter a state where you can let your possessions, your family, your home, your work, and your body ceases to exist.
experience the inner bliss of nothingness. When you emerge from your silence, begin the process of detachment by literally giving away something that you don't use at least one every day, once every day. In nothingness, you will find greater intimacy. You will find great intimacy with your source of being. Oneness. Begin to review your life. Begin to review yourself as connected to every person you encounter by valuing and loving the part of you that flows through all life. Feel your connection to all of nature and practice non judgment and love. Beginning with yourself. This means that. When you feel offended or upset, instead of directing your attention towards the person or incident outside of you, notice what it is that you're feeling and where you feel it in your body. Redirect your attention from external circumstances to an exclamation of just how that particular, up, particular upset feels in your body. This is how you begin practicing oneness. Set your inner barometer. Set your inner barometer on love and acceptance for the feelings you are experiencing. Remind yourself that you're one with God and therefore you are love. That is all you have to offer. So begin with loving the heart. Offended or upset parts of yourself. As you integrate all of yourself, as you integrate all of yourself, assembling the parts into the oneness that is you, you will discover the impossibility of your being separate from anyone else on your, on your planet, on our planet. As you integrate all of yourself, assembling the parts into the oneness that is you, you discover the impossibility of your being separate from anyone else on our planet, simply recognizing the times of anger or annoyance as opportunities to know yourself better and to forgive and love yourself will extend your awareness of the oneness you are. Practice this kind of oneness and love will flow outward naturally to include others from others whom you've previously judged. Surrender. Practice the art of allowing. Watch your body as it goes through its motions. The hair changing to gray or falling out. The skin sagging. The little changes that happen on their own, independent of your opinion about them. <laughs> then practice the same kind of non-interference with your family, your friends, your co-workers, everyone. Oh. Non-interference, that's the key word. The beetle had it right. A beetles had it right.
there will be an there will be an answer if you just let it be this is surrender this is the art of giving up your need to control your world and everyone in it i like it i like it this is exactly why what i had to with my son with my wife with my family with my even my dog as we in the recovery movement have been saying for many years let go and let god when we practice surrender on a daily basis everything seems to fall into place you came from a place of well-being of love kindness gentleness joy and purity this is your firmness surrender to it when i find myself wanting to control my destiny i say to myself let go when let go and let god try this using your own name it works let go bob let go and let god it works my attempts to describe where we came from my attempt to describe where we come from are stated in the 21st verse of the Tao Te Ching. The greatest virtue is to follow the Tao and the Tao alone. The Tao is elusive and intangible. Although formless and intangible, it gives rise to form. Although vague and elusive it gives rise to shapes although dark and obscure it is the spirit the essence the life breath of all things the life breath the life breath life the life the breath the life breath of all things throughout the ages its name has been preserved in order to recall the beginning of all things how do i know the ways of all things at the beginning i see what is within me i close this chapter on your firmness by citing my very favorite passage from a course of a course in miracle page 486 to 488 it reminds us oh that knowing where we came from is a function of remembering of remembering and that we cannot unlock the mysteries of our spiritual origins unless we move to place where we can in fact remember our source of being right here right now the memory of god comes to the quiet mind it cannot come where there is conflict for a mind at war against itself remembers not eternal gentleness what we 
What you remember is a part of you. For you must be as God created you. Let all this madness be undone for you and turn in peace of the remembrance of God still shining in your quiet mind. Study this passage carefully and you will unlock the mystery that is your true source of being. Get quiet, let go of conflict, become peaceful, and remember the eternal greatness, the eternal gentleness that resides within you.